You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we have Stephanie Daudier, who's a clinical nutritionist, certified intuitive eating counselor, host of two top-ranking podcasts in the non-diet industry, and creator of the Going Beyond the Food Method. She founded Undiet Your Life, a global coaching and online training program focused on helping women make peace with food and their bodies so they can live a fulfilling life right now. She's also the founder of Undiet Your Coaching Practice, which is a global professional training program. Welcome, Stephanie. So good to have you on the show. I'm so glad to be here and to finally have a human interaction with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's we've been we're chatting before this and we've been following each other for a really long time. So yes, it's really great to put a face to all the emails that I get from you and you know, to actually just see that there's a person behind the account. It's really nice. Very nice to be here and meet all your people. Absolutely. And so maybe to start off and get a little more into you, we had your professional bio, but in terms of you as a person, what led you into doing this work? What's your journey been with food in your body? Uh, That is such an interesting story. So I have 25 years as a dieter. So my first diet was at the age of 12 with back in the days, Weight Watchers, you went to a basement church and then you registered and you had a little like cardboard thing. I don't know if you did that. And then we had like meetings every week. So I grew up with Weight Watcher for probably 10 years. And then I started trying all kinds of diets after that. So I had 25 years of knowing nothing else but dieting. So I, my last diet was at the age of 39. So I've lost and gained significant amount of weight over those 25 years. And as I got older, it became harder and required more and more and more effort in order to lose and maintain the weight. So I had a health collapse. I was in the corporate world working a lot. And so I just collapsed, literally collapsed on stage one day. And that was the end point for me. Wow. So that's part of the reason why I do this work. I don't want women to get as far as I went. Um, So with that awakening of healing myself with the health situation I had. Um, and I was working with women and the book health at every size. That's a funny story. The book health at every size was given to me three times in a matter of three weeks. Wow. From a colleague and from two clients who brought it into their session and say, Hey, I'm reading this. Have you heard of this? The first and the second time, because I was knee deep in dieting, I kind of discarded it. Like, no, this is garbage. And I, like, by the third time, I'm like, okay, there's a message here. And that from there on, I could never look back at what I was doing. Um, and then I closed my clinic in Toronto. We're both mm-hmm. from Canada. So I closed my clinic, my traditional nutrition clinic. And then I went on to build an online business helping women in a non-diet approach. And it's been eight years. So here I am. Here you are. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 25 years. That's a long time. Crazy. There was <laughs> nothing like you, you do what I do back then. 
Yeah. Right. There's no social media. Like the only thing 10 years ago was books, mm -hmm. right? That's the only way the message could spread. Evelyn and the intuitive eating crew were doing their work, but they were knee deep in eating disorder. They were building their methodology in eating disorder. And there was just Linda, Lin, Linda at the time, now Linda Bacon, who wrote this book, but there was no way of carrying the message into the world. Mm -hmm. So it was such a different space back then. So I probably if I had have heard about it earlier, I probably wouldn't have not been 25 years knee deep in that. Mm. And at the same time, sometimes you need to kind of hit that rock bottom before you can really be open to hearing yeah. those messages. But I still believe that the messages needs to be there. Yes. Do you know, like, yes. the problem was, honestly, is I didn't hear of anything else. Like, I was, I was surrounded by women who were dieting, and it was like aunts and cousins. Like, there was nobody else doing nothing else. Mm-hmm. So it like, I, I didn't hear of a woman not dieting. So I, I just couldn't, I couldn't like, and I remember reading intuitive eating the book and working with Evelyn. I'm like, I was fascinated at every step because like every time I was like, where were you for all this time? Like why as no, like hunger cue, I did an entire degree in nutrition and nobody talked to me about hunger. What the fuck? It's like every, <laughs> like, the, my world was falling apart as I was learning this. Hmm. I remember a very similar feeling too, that everything, every structure I had thought about food and nutrition and health and bodies, it just crumbled. Yeah. Did you ever feel like since it had been 25 years that it was too long to undo all of that? Oh, yeah. That's why I refused the book twice. Because hmm. the, 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 the first few pages, she's very clear about what the book or they they are very clear about what the book is. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I my brain went in complete cognitive distortion, like there's like dissonance, like this, this is not possible. It was like so drastically different of how I have known life mm -hmm. that that's probably why I refused the book twice, because it was too dramatically different and my brain could not handle it. Yeah. I remember when I was in my nutrition undergrad, we had a guest lecture come into one of our classes and she was going through health at every size and like the research on it. And I was just so in my ways and in my view of health, I was, she was literally going through evidence and data. And I was like, no, this cannot be true. This is not a thing. Like this is not, I, I just totally stonewalled it because it was so radically different. Now that I know what I know about human being behavior and yes. like thoughts and emotion and like, that makes total sense because the brain goes in into dissonance as a way of protecting you because it's, it's a danger to dramatically do a 180 on your life. Your brain's like, what the fuck? Like, we can't handle that. We've never lived our life this way. So no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And it literally, your nervous system takes over and shuts you down into freeze. Yep. So how do you move past that dissonance other than hitting that rock bottom? For me, the, the trigger for me was, so spirituality for, was one. So mm -hmm. I, when I saw the book for the third time in three weeks, because of my belief in spirituality, I'm like, there's a message. So I'm going to quote unquote, force myself into reading this book. Mm -hmm. And the second part for me, it was a duty 
to my clients, to my, the people who were working with me. Mm -hmm. And when I started reading it, I realized that everything they were describing in their book was what I was living through, what I had lived through for 25 years. And then it clicked into my brain that I was harming all the other women I was working with. So I, I realized that doing nutrition in the way that had been taught was causing the arm that people were coming to me to get healing from. Mm. And that I could not live knowingly that I'm harming people. So it became at first for me, for other women to go through this and heal myself mm -hmm. so that I can help other women and stop being the oppressor and the person who causes harm and more harm in their life. So that yeah. was the motivator for me. Mm. I love that. You just got that different perspective that really forced a wake up call. Yeah. And I find depending how now with experience, I find this pattern that often the women that I work with have to at first be motivated by something outside of them. Yes. So I, I work with women that are typically a little bit older in their the age range. So often it's about their daughter. A lot of my clients hear this message, they realize they're in it. And if it was just them, they probably wouldn't be paying to work with me. But when they realize that they're going to be the one exposing their daughter, their children to that, then it mm -hmm. becomes at first they're hanging their hat on not harming their kids. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes about them just like me. I don't know if you see the same thing in your practice, but it's a lot about other people. Yeah, I do see that quite often as well. Lots of moms who don't want to have their kids have the same experiences that they did with their moms and that their moms had with their moms. It's breaking this generational cycle. Exactly. And so you talk a lot in your brand about going beyond the food. What does that really mean to you? And why is it important to think past just eating or pant size? So I will, I will tell you the story of how this word came through. So yeah. I was on the phone back and I, I, I was at the time I had just, I was, so this is a long time ago. That was when Evelyn was doing one-on-one coaching or one-on-one counseling. So I was working with her and as I was learning intuitive eating for myself, I was reconstructing how I was doing nutrition and I was trying, I was on the phone with a friend and I was trying to explain to my friend what I was doing and she was in the industry as well and she could not understand. She was in that cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. state and then, but she was listening to me. She's like, oh, so you mean you go beyond the food? I'm like, and I remember the moment, like a, a vibration went to my body. I'm like, that's it. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> I go beyond the food and that became my brand. So anything to do with nutrition is not about the nutrition. Nutrition, food, even your body is only the vehicle that shows the symptom. Your behavior yes. around food is the symptom. It's kind of the call 
Like it's, it's for you to see that there's a problem. When you have disordered behavior around food, it's a mm -hmm. signal. Yes. That something underneath needs some attention. Mm -hmm. It's not normal, quote unquote, normal for someone to binge or someone to hate their body. That's not the natural relationship that we're supposed to have. So it's a signal. Mm -hmm. So for me in my practice is not to talk about the body, not to talk about food, but to dig in as to why we're having these behavior. And that's where my coaching framework or the model we use, which is cognitive behavioral coaching, which is the same as cognitive behavioral therapy, but we don't go into the past. We stay in the present moment in the future. That's where it comes in because it allows us to go at the emotional level and the thought level to understand what is causing the behavior. So that's where going beyond the food comes from and it changed fundamentally how my clients lived with food in their body when I started testing it and creating it mm -hmm. and it rapidly became the only thing that I do. Mm -hmm. And I could not ever go back and talk about food and meal plan and all of that yeah. stuff. I just like everything became about going beyond the food and finding the real root cause. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely not about the food. And I think that people who are experiencing these symptoms with food that are so real and so ever present in their life, it really does get focused on the food and diet culture teaches you to focus on the food too, right? That it's about the food and food's the problem and your lack of control is the problem, but it's never about that. And that's absolutely the philosophy that I have too. It's just, you know, the food is where it shows up. Yeah. And it's the food and working with the food. That's when I discovered that's where as an industry, we term the name like diet culture because that's mm -hmm. very recent but i was applying that model was still causing like i wasn't a hundred percent with my body image that was like seven mm -hmm. years ago like i was trying to apply the same methodology to that i was learning with intuitive eating into body and something was just sticking like it wasn't getting me the same transformation mm -hmm. And then the more that I learn about cognitive behavioral modeling and really looking at the thoughts and the belief, that's when I realized that the reason why I was sticking into becoming completely at peace with my body was the concept of patriarchy and systemic oppression and the role that bodies play with women and how the body of women is used in society in order to facilitate patriarchy mm. and that really moved the issue from being about me to being about the system and society and that just like unlocked the body image where now i'm like i'm completely neutral with my body mm. And so how do you kind of approach this discussion about the patriarchy and how that plays a role in diet culture? How would you kind of explain that more to somebody? So I, the, 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 the most 
easiest way for us to think about that, think about the role of women's body in oppressing women would be to think about 100 years ago. Like, go back just 100 years ago, and all of us have either seen movies or read books about women back then, mm. and realize that back then, women's body were valued to be bigger. And you have to ask the question, why? Why is it that 100 years ago, women's body were valued to be plumber, as they called it back then, <laughs> and now thin? Like, why is it that for women it's always about their body and when you start if you're reading any kind of like or watching bridgerton like mm. that kind of netflix everybody's onto that like these historical drama you realize that back two to three hundred years ago it was not about thinness or beauty it was about the ability to procreate the women again were used for their body for procreation. And that's probably why we, we, when we look at the historical timeline, we think that's why women's body were valued to be bigger because mm -hmm. they were seen quote unquote as being more capable of procreation. Yeah. So historically women have just been a body and our vehicle has been used to uphold and facilitate men being in position of power. And today with thinness and beauty and youth, women are candy on the arms of men. Yeah. Because we can procreate no problem. There's no mortality of infants. Like that's no yeah. longer an issue. So women are candy on the arms of men. Mm. And what's important to understand for people, if you've encountered patriarchy or the word patriarchy for the first time, it's not about men. It's about a system, a structure to the way our society function that has been facilitating men in position of power. Yeah. Educating more the men than the women, right? Focusing on the body of the women, not what she can do intellectually, what she can do with her body, but what can her body do for the person, men, that are in position of power? So it's always about how can the woman's body facilitate men being in their power? Mm. Is that a good explanation? It's a very good explanation. Dieting, it's a distraction for women. It's a distraction to keep us subdued. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was meant to be oppressive these ideals about our bodies and the way that we're supposed to look were meant to be oppressive always. Yeah. Think about, like, I don't know about you, but I go back in the times that I was dieting, all my free time was spent facilitating dieting. Yes. Right. Counting calories. Back in the days we had books. So we had to scroll through books to find calories. Like, I used to spend two to three hours calculating all the calories I was going to eat during the week, putting that on mm -hmm. the meal plan, growing shopping, and then cooking everything, separating that. Like I invested probably with the gym, 12 hours of my free time a week, built me making money or building a business or getting smarter. It's just me controlling this thing that's called my body. 
Yeah. Not enriching your life in any way, not moving you forward, just keeping you spinning the hamster wheel over and over and over again. Yeah. So all the women listening to this, what could you do if you weren't, today's world is Googling. How much time do you spend Googling (laughs) a solution to whatever you want to do with your body and researching and reading blog posts and listening to podcasts. I know we're on a podcast and you're listening to us, but how much of your time is listening to podcasts to either understand what, what to do to shrink your body or now what I find a lot about podcasting is women stay in the in-between stage like they realize there's diet culture because social media is like, oh, everybody knows about diet culture. So they're like, well, I don't want to partake in it. But then now they start, we listen to podcasts for years, not doing yes. anything about it. Yeah. Consume, 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 and still behaving with diet culture behavior because you're not taking any step forward. Mm-hmm. In a way, we're still in that stage being subdued by diet culture because we're not taking action. You find the same thing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much knowledge about intuitive eating. It's like, I've read the book and I've listened to all these podcasts and I'm following all these people and I'm looking at their content. And that goes on and on and on and on for so long. And that in itself becomes overwhelming too, right? Because none of that is personalized to you. None of that is geared exactly towards like what you're struggling with and what you need. And so it's just information overload and yeah it's all consuming for sure in its own way so what could you create with your life yeah if all that time came back to you what could you create in your life that would put you in a position of feeling empowered in your life that it is getting a promotion at work starting your business getting the degree that you want, like, what could you do with this time to create the life that you want to have? Mm. That's the key. And that's why for us, the way we approach coaching, we approach it from intuitive eating and body image. But what I have found over the years that is kind of missing is the mindset work. Yes. Because the longer or the deeper you went into disordered eating or diet culture entrenchment and now wellness culture and being healthy, it really reshapes the way that your brain function. Mm-hmm. It, in terms neural pathways, it really rewires your brain to function in a world of diet culture or wellness culture, or you feeling not good enough and perfectionism and people pleasing, like your, your brain adapts to this way of being and learns to function this way. So you get out of diet culture or wellness culture. And if you don't learn to rewire for lack of better term, your neural pathway, you continue to approach life with perfectionism and people pleasing and all or nothing thinking. And then you struggle in this new life because you keep recreating the pattern that were allowing you to survive diet culture. Mm -hmm. So learning to undo 
this pattern of thinking you have you had to learn to survive diet culture and wellness culture is essential in order for you to create the life that you want yes and that's going beyond the food that's the thing that's where we spend most of our time and what i have found and i'm sure you can attest the same thing once when we do the work on the brain and even the emotion up front it goes faster absolutely right there's less resistance in bringing the foods in the house to like get rid of the food beliefs right mm-hmm. learning to like be with all food it becomes easier because you don't have to fight your brain and the food police in your brain all the time like you have tools and processes to make it easier in your brain yes yeah you can't just bring all the foods in the house and expect everything to go smoothly we have to do all the work and identify those gremlin thoughts and understand where they're coming from and why they're still there and how to challenge them and how to turn down the volume first yeah that's what we call going beyond the food and um learning a mindset way to like undo all of that but the cool thing is once you understand that and you've done the work with food and body image and you turn around and if it's to get a promotion at work or build a business you use the same framework you're like okay what do i need to think in order for me to make more money in order for me to to do better at work or to navigate the political environment of the corporate world like how do i need to think what do i need to feel in order for me to be successful in that environment we use the same tool and now we get people who build tremendously beautiful life Mm, i love that going back to something you said earlier about body neutrality why do you feel like that's more important than loving your body and focusing on that and i'll go back to the story in the timeline what i was telling you it's about resisting Mm -hmm. right when you understand that and I'm touching my skin on my body right now for those that are listening like once you understand that this flesh these bones like this package that holds your spirit is the vehicle by which you are oppressed it's the thing that leads you to not be in your power then the logic of loving the thing that causes you harm feels just wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you ask yourself, I'm going to ask your listener that question. And I think that's the most profound body image coaching question we can ever ask ourselves or coaches asking their client. Why do we have a body as a woman? Yeah. Like, 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 honestly, When you finish this podcast, spend time asking yourself that. Whoever you believe in to God or spirit, do you think that this thing gave you a body in order for you to love it, in order for you to be beautiful for the world to look at? Is that the reason why you have a body? And some people may say yes and good for you, right? That's the way you want to live your life. I want to offer to you that that's not why. Yeah. Right? I want to offer to you another perspective that you probably haven't heard, which is a woman has a body just like a man to experience life. We were given five senses 
right? The hearing, the touching, the tasting, the listening, all these senses are hosted in that body. You have a skin to hold the fascias and the bones and the organs, right? You have bones to hold that blob of skin upright, right? All these structures, I have this beautiful picture in the in workshops that I do of like all the different layers of a body, mm -hmm. internal layers. You are given a body to live and experience life through your senses, to host your spirit. That's why you have this vehicle. So the goal of your body, like, do you go around and say, I love my feet. Look at my feet. They're so beautiful. No, your feet are made for walking, right? Your eyes are made for looking. Your whole body is made to experience life. So when we shift the fundamental belief as to why we have a body, then body love and body positivity makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Now, to be clear, body positivity is a political like organization. It's a system of social justice. It was never meant to be a therapeutic framework. Yeah. It got co-opted and we're not going to go down that path, but that's what it is. It's a whole different right? conversation. Yeah. A whole other <laughs> conversation. So from a therapeutic perspective, then body neutrality, which is about shifting the belief as to why you have a body, mm -hmm. becomes essential. Like, because the problem why women struggle with their body image is because of the belief system they were taught to think about their body. Absolutely. So you have to go deep at that level and ask yourself the deep question, why do I have a body and unlearn all the socialization that you have a body to look beautiful and you have a body to love it. And that is not why you have a body. So for me, as someone who helps other people, I did the whole body positivity because again, back then there was nothing else. Just body neutrality wasn't even a word, <laughs> didn't even exist. So, and it didn't work. Like I, in trying to do body positivity for myself, I don't know if you read the story, but I sent myself to hospital in a panic attack mm. because it was so traumatic for me. Who, like, think about this. For 25 years, I hated my body. And now a coach was telling me to stand in front of a mirror in a bra in my underwear and say, I love my body unconditionally. And I had spent 25 years shitting on my body and looking at it and hating on it. And now all of a sudden, like three months later, I'm supposed to love this thing. Yeah. And no. I like mounted a full on panic attack. So that's when I had to find another solution. And that's when I encountered different types of coaching around thinking about the belief system and then body neutrality came from there. Yeah. Which I think is essential for all women. My perspective, my opinion. I am in total agreement with you. And that phrase that you said, I had a conversation with a client about that the other day. What's the purpose of having a body, right? Why? Mm. Why? And why do you have a body? Why does a man have a body? Why is it different? 
And it's interesting because I follow this guy on Instagram who's a model. He's mm -hmm. a plus size male model. And I'm really learning because he's unpacking his own body image and I'm really learning how different it is for men and women. Like I always knew it was different. Like I yeah. hosted one body image group with one man in it and I've never done it again because that, that was chaotic. Mm. And for them, they have, because they were raised differently. Yeah. So it's, a, it's like a whole different issue. It still exists. It's a lot less, mm -hmm. but it's based on different beliefs. Yeah. I think there's a lot more awareness being brought to the fact that men also suffer from the patriarchy and they also suffer from poor body image in different ways, but it does need to be approached differently. Absolutely. Cause it's just not the same. Here's one thing that I'm thinking a lot about over the last year is that any oppressed community, right? When you think about intersectionality, that you think about disability, race, gender, sexuality, mm -hmm. one of the form of oppression in order to keep these identities oppress is their body that you think about lgbtq folks mm -hmm. they have because i had a guest on my podcast who coaches in that sector they have a whole other struggle with their body image that's different than me as a straight cis women but they have huge body image trans folks have huge body image like every single intersectionality Mm -hmm. I find a common thread of body image struggle, right? So it leads to body image because their body, think about trans folks, right? It's all about body. Mm -hmm. Their oppression is about like their body. So there's no choice but to have body image struggle into their journey into um, their gender because it's the body that's being oppressed food for thought I'm still thinking about that yeah I'm gonna have to go listen to that episode that sounds yeah. really really interesting with all of this talk about oppression what does it mean to reclaim your power in your body for me it means shifting why you have a body yeah and so I, we we look at the progression of body image healing on a spectrum Mm -hmm. Right. So we have where we all were or are right now, which is body hatred. Like we don't like this thing. The first layer to go through is shifting why you have a body. Right. So you have a body to experience life. You have a body to enjoy and pleasure with food. You have a body to enjoy sounds and and look at beautiful artistic image and senses and being touched and sexual pleasure. Like you have a body for all these things and start looking in your life, like how you use your body beyond beauty or being smaller. Mm. Once we're like, have sold ourselves, literally we need to sell ourselves, right? We need to rebuild this belief. Then it becomes, okay, I'm neutral about my body. So then how do I support my body? Mm -hmm. Body respect for me. That's how I think about it. How do I become the ally of this structure that's allowing me to live my life 
that's allowing me to enjoy my life, to have pleasure in my life. Mm-hmm. That's when we can start thinking about gentle nutrition. That's when we can start thinking about, okay, I need to move my body. No mm-hmm. longer about shrinking it, but I need to move it. What's that going to look like for me? Now that everything is open, mm-hmm. what do I want to do? And you know how many people get lost there? They're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, you're so used to doing something one way, right? And it's just always been that way. It's like, there's just, there's no concept of what it could look like outside of it. What do I enjoy? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. like you, you need to spend time thinking, like, do I want to do yoga? Do I want to do weight training? Do I want to do like, what is it that I want to do? Yep. So it's about discovering, taking your power to not do what someone else tells you to do. But you going in and saying, what is for me? What do I enjoy? What do I have pleasure doing? Mm-hmm. Same thing with food. That's what gentle nutrition is about. Like you can eat all the vegetables. Which one do you enjoy? Yeah. <laughs> right? Do you want to put yeah. sauce on it? Do you want to put salt on it? Do you want to bread it? Like that's what gentle nutrition is about. So that's to me is how you take your power back Mm-hmm. By becoming the ally and doing what's right for you and pleasure, not a task to do and a performance and a list of macronutrients you need to eat. Like, what is going to give you pleasure? Power and pleasure are tied together. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it has to be about pleasure, right? That's the key to sustainability at the end of the day. That's the key to you living a a aligned life and a healthful life and whatever that means for you is pleasure. It has to come down to that always. If you don't enjoy it, what's the point? But I find, and you tell me if it's the same for you, there's a lot of shame around having pleasure. Oh, yes. A lot of shame for us as women. Again, I'm I'm always thinking of women because that's the only group that I work with. And perhaps it happens in other groups, but for us, when we get to that place, it's like, what do you mean pleasure with food? That's shameful. Mm. I was shamed my whole life for like pleasure with food. Food is nutrition. (laughs) Food is macronutrient. Food is what my body looks. Now you have to do the work to like say, no, actually food is pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like workout, like, it's not true that everybody needs to work out four times, 32 minutes in the gym lifting weight. There's many other ways you can work out. Yeah. So it's about taking the authority from outside, the science and the gurus, and reappropriating what I call your self-authorization. Giving yourself permission. Yeah, you call it self-permission. I call it self-authorization. Yeah. And like I posted a reel yesterday that says, you are allowed to think thoughts you don't believe yet. Mm. I coach on that every day. Like women are like, what do you mean? But I am not this yet. I can't think of myself as this. Yes, you can. Yeah. We just have to invite it in and be really intentional about it in the meantime. Yeah, because otherwise you won't become a body neutral person. If you don't start thinking, I am becoming a body neutral person. I love that really, really excellent way of thinking about it. And so how could somebody maybe take steps today to take up more space? Take up more space? Yeah. Good question. 
it's interesting for me the first place i go to when you ask me this question is the thoughts you think mm -hmm. right and that's probably my bias to mindset first so for me instead of being triggered like there's often in this adage in our industry where it's like wear the bikini right take up space and wear the bikini once you understand how the nervous system works and trauma works that is not the way to take space because mm. it's very traumatizing it's yeah. very activating and even if you try to do it if you quote unquote have the courage to do it you will re-traumatize yourself and you won't do it again so for me the way to take more space is to look at what you're thinking that leads you to not take space so grab yeah. a pen and a paper right literally your journal if you have one or just your a pen and a paper and put my body at the top of it like the eight and a half by eleven put my body or my body reflection right whatever is for you and i want you to dump literally on a piece of paper all the thoughts you have about your body all of them like don't edit yourself just like literally do a brain dump of all the thoughts you have about your body take a deep breath walk away a few minutes because that's going to be hard and then come back and look at these thoughts and i want you to put beside each thought what did i learn to think this way is it true is it false mm -hmm. and where did i learn to think this way and then from that kind of scan of your brain you can decide which thoughts serves you toward taking more space and which thought creates you to not take space and then decide one by one which thought you want to keep Mary Kondo Mary Kondo I think it's called on Netflix if you've watched her her series which thought serves you and which thought doesn't and carry forward with the thoughts that serve you only that would be my step Yes. Acknowledge your limiting beliefs that you have with yourself and recognize that they are holding you back and they are keeping you from taking up space. Yeah. Don't traumatize yourself by trying to take up space. Like, let's look at what creates your inhibition to take space first yes. and work from there and the rest will come along. Yeah, absolutely. Really great, really great advice and great steps that people can take today. Yeah. And so to just wrap things up, is there anything that you are promoting right now? Anything that you want to direct the listeners today towards? The best way for you to get into my world, since you're listening to a podcast, is going to be the podcast. So going beyond the food show, we are a, uh, we have over 375 episodes to feed from. Wow. Well, it's it's the nature of being around for this long. On this yeah, episode, yeah. Right? I didn't record 300 episodes in one year. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. This podcast has been living for almost seven years now. So start there. And if you enjoy my style, and if you enjoy me and the way that I think, stop listening. And then come to my world on Diet Your Life. 
It's a program, it's a one-year program. It's very affordable. And we put women through mindset. We learn mindset framework, intuitive eating, and then body neutrality. And then we support you through this journey as you take that on your own. There's two options. You do it on your own at a lower price point, and then you can have a one-on-one -on -one coach as well. Mm. You're away based on your capacity, your financial capacity. Amazing. Your life. Yeah. Amazing. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was really wonderful speaking with you today. And I think everyone listening probably took a lot home from this. So everyone go follow Stephanie. You're going to love her content. And just thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And I'll see you on the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Food Freedom University, my four-month virtual group coaching program to not only break you out of binge eating, emotional eating, overeating, and poor body image patterns, but to also help you kickstart your journey to food freedom and cultivate a healthful life with balance and ease with food and exercise. If you're feeling alone in your struggles, if you really thrive from hearing from others who are in the same place as you, and you want to form a community around healing and empowering yourself to break free from these patterns for good, group coaching is for you. We get started September 18th or 20th, so perfect time to finish off your summer right and have you feeling supported during the holidays and in a better place with food and body image. Head over to BrittanyAllisonRD.com slash group hyphen coaching or head to the show notes to book a free call with me. Again, that's BrittanyAllisonRD.com slash group hyphen coaching. <laughs>